Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. The men's and women uh, balls dominate Vanderbilt and basketball, which was a bigger deal. By the way, a lot of you still enjoy beating Vanderbilt. And I didn't include Alabama and Georgia and all those, but who was your uh, sneaky team that you really like beating and Vanderbilt was on the list. We also went with a couple of other choices, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Memphis, and Kentucky. So Kentucky leads with 50%, South Carolina, 38%. I'm surprised Vanderbilt, just 10% and Memphis at 3%. So a big weekend in state for the balls and both basketball teams against the Commodores. Who is this bigger for Caleb? So let's get it out there first. Tennessee men's team blew out Vanderbilt on Saturday, 88 to 53. And then the women's team blew out Vanderbilt on Sunday. They, Tennessee men's won at home. The women's team won on the road. Um, I believe it was 89 to 61. Don't quote me on that. Um, it, but it was, it was another blowout. So on paper, it should be a bigger deal for the Lady Falls because Vanderbilt's actually a pretty good team in women's basketball. They're 19 and 8. They are a fringe tournament team. And so it looked really good for the Lady Vols to dominate and for Rakia Jackson to go off. But I don't think the Lady Vols have any shot in the dark of going that far this year. And for the Lady Vols, making the NCAA tournament is not the baseline going deep in the tournament is. And that that game means nothing to that. So I think it's a much bigger deal what the men did because finally, I'm going to applaud Rick Barnes. He finally pulled his starters in a blowout game. It was 13 minutes to go in the second half, and he pulled Dalton Connect, and he was able to play 13 guys on Saturday. 11 guys were able to log double-digit minutes. Nobody played more than 24 minutes in the game. This is something Rick Barnes should have been doing for weeks now in a lot of blowout games, and he should do it when Tennessee inevitably blows out Missouri this week. It is absolutely ridiculous that he hasn't been doing that. Finally. Tennessee got some much-needed rest. But it took as perfect a performance as they possibly could have had against Vanderbilt before he pulled them. And he needs to be a little bit more flexible with that. So I think the men's side blowing out Vanderbilt is a bigger deal because finally the players got rest. And I think the men's side does have Final Four talent. I don't think the women do. Or at least they don't have Final Four coaching on the women's side. Well, I think this is well worth noting that you said all along that Tennessee should dig into their bench a little bit more. A lot of people disagreed with you on that. A lot of people I don't think were watching uh, because I think that it was pretty apparent that there's two different arguments here. Tennessee had the depth. You were never saying that. You were saying they're just not utilizing it for whatever possibly antiquated reason there could be which i don't know what it is not practicing as well as they should whatever the case may be you got me but they clearly uh, have more depth and they have uh, shown out to this point and you were one of the first to say that and quite frankly you got ripped quite a lot 
uh, on the on the message board, which I'm always a big fan of when you get ripped on the message board. But in this case, it just didn't seem fair to me. And that was troubling, Caleb. Yeah, I've been screaming this from the mountaintop for a while. And by the way, you guys want to. Caleb, I think you're, Caleb, weren't you supposed to go there? Well, maybe, but I'm very, I'm going to be very humble about this situation. No, uh, no, I was right. And everybody who was ignoring this was wrong. Okay. And you know who else was right? Ron Slade, who had been calling for it on our show every week. You know who else was saying it? Jimmy Hyams. Okay. A lot of us were saying this team is not relying and utilizing its depth. The same way last year I said, remember this, Dave? Last year I said, they're they're grinding, they're way too grinding defensively. They're not focused on their offense enough. They're not playing fluid, and it's gonna cost them in March. And everybody's like, no, they have the best defensive team in basketball, and they're gonna be the tournament. Yeah, and, that is right there. That's the voice. Yes. And what <laughs> happened? They got bounced out by Florida at yeah. okay. You guys can whine and cry <clears throat> all day when I give you these facts. But they are fast. Rick Barnes has not been using his depth. For the record, he has it because JB Estrella is the third option in the post behind Toby Awaka and Jonas Adu. Estrella's been hurt. He didn't play on Saturday. He still managed to go to his depth with 13 guys. He still managed to play Kate Phillips 11, uh, 11 minutes. Okay. And by the way, another point Jordan Ganey and Jemai Meshack, the two rotational players he does play off the bench, were horrible on Saturday. They were not playing well. Didn't matter because he brought in Freddie DeLeon and Cameron Carr because that's what Tennessee has. And Rick Barnes' stubbornness has been costing them. So Rick Barnes, I'm giving you a, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you an applaud. Okay. This is like, you ever know, like, Dave, you ever get complimented by your wife when you like take out the dishes or do something you should have done and you feel like it's so patronizing? Yes. That happens probably about every 15, 20 years in my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> happens every week in mine. But anyways, that's what I'm doing for Rick Barnes right here. I'm giving it a compliment for doing those obvious thing that he always should have been doing, which is turning to his bench. Do it more, Rick. You got a grueling end to the SEC schedule coming up, okay? Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Now, I find this interesting because you pointed out that Ron Slay said the same thing. And Ron regularly brought to you by our friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas. But I was on the Sports Source with John Pennington on Sunday, and this topic came up pretty quickly. So here's Mark Pankratz, who's a very, very intellectual analyst who completely agrees with you and happened to play for Tennessee as well. Here are his thoughts. You're talking about Ziegler. Look how hard he works on defense. He may be the defensive player of the year. He's working on both ends of the court. You got to get him some time. Yeah, off. yeah. My my issue was last week when he gets he plays a full game in a game he loses by 16 at A and M. It's like to me that's give him a rest at some point. But on the other side, you're the sixth best team in the country according to the NCAA tournament right. selection committee. You're you're neck and neck with the leader in the SEC right now for the regular season title. Um, do they need to be playing more bench minutes? But as your poll is going to show, it's about the NCAA tournament run, and that's what we got to keep in mind. It's about the marathon, not the sprint. And so I do think you got to be playing guys more minutes. 
to me, the guy that fits the Barnes mold that has had minutes deteriorate over the last probably three weeks is Meshack. Yeah. I think he's a guy that at times he was playing some backup point guard if it's not going to be Vescovy. Um, I think it's got to be Meshack because he fits the Barnes mold. Carr, they're super high on Carr. They think Carr is going to be an NBA talent by the time he's done in two or three years. Um, but him and DeLeon, they don't play defense. They, they turn the basketball over. They're not tough being able to get through screens. And, and so they don't, they're not at Barnes' level on that defensive end. Uh, and you've seen a couple of times when DeLeon's been in, guys are coming off floppy screens, down screens, and the, the deliverance of the pass is just late. He's not there yet. Um, now you could say, well, maybe it's because he's not getting the playing time, but he's practicing every day against right. his guys. So he should be there, especially if it's one of the better defensive teams in the country. That should correlate to the game. It's not. So for me, Meshack and, and Awaka are the two guys that should be getting a little bit more minutes. Okay, so I'm going to change gears on you, Caleb. Because there was a conversation that I was in with Mark Pankratz. We were discussing where Tennessee could possibly end up. So they're thought of as the number six overall seed, which would put them in Detroit, which would be a more favorable draw than going to Connecticut, which would arguably have the two or number one seed. Here's my thoughts. It is time to get beyond that, kids. It is time to say this basketball program doesn't need an easier draw than another one. This basketball team is good enough to play anybody that comes across their schedule in, in March Madness in the tournament. And if you can't get to that point, if you're not at that point yet, then I've got to wonder if Rick Barnes is the right man for the job. Because if, if he's feeding to Mark Pankratz, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to have a good a good draw yeah, that's nice. But at some point, you've been coaching basketball for 35 years. You can't get a good draw every time. You need to make the Final Four more than once. I mean, that to me, I heard that narrative on Sunday, and I almost called you, but I tried to give Caleb some time off. And that narrative of you got to get a good draw, or uh, I don't want to hear that. That's the one narrative I don't want to hear is, oh, Tennessee had to play Southwest Missouri State, and they beat them by 30. I, that was a hot team coming in. I don't want to hear that. I do not want to hear that. Well, you have enlightened me that he's feeding information to Mark Pankratz. Because I didn't think about that until you just said what you said. Because here's my question. How the heck would Mark Pankratz know that Freddie DeLeon and Cameron Carr aren't playing the defense they need to play? They barely play on the court. Rick, it, 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 that would only come from Rick Barnes feeding him that to defend himself not playing them, right? Yes. And you know what I would like to know more? Then whether or not Rick Barnes is going to win a, a Final Four or a national championship, get to a Final Four, I'd like to know in his heart of hearts, is he happy playing this string out with one Final Four up on his mantle and everything's good, or is he so hungry that he can't see straight because he wants to win a national championship? And stuff like that makes me wonder if it's just, Let's play this thing out. I've got my golden parachute the way Jerry Green did. That is very troubling. Well, there's a difference. He's not, I got my golden parachute like Jerry Green did, so I'm going to go golfing and then roll the ball out and let the players play. I don't think he's that. I think, again, it's he He has a philosophy where he enjoys coaching. Like I told, like I said with David Cutcliffe and Mark Rick, he likes coaching from the perspective of developing players. Doesn't really care if he like carves a legacy as a champion in doing so. Okay, but let me ask you this. He developed in the way he cre he he worked on Kevin Durant, right? Because 20 years earlier, Kevin Durant's a back-to-the-player basket, correct? That's very true. You're right. 
Okay. So he adapted to that. He saw a guy that's seven foot tall and can handle it on the wing. I'm like, let's do it. So same thing for David Cutcliffe. Do you think that he would coach Lamar Jackson the same way? Absolutely not. Great coaches make adjustments and uh, he, he needs to, he, he needs to continue to pr uh, well, he, prove that. He makes adjustments with his development. He's stubborn with his scheme and he's stubborn with his certain philosophies, such as I'm going to teach my players to play defense. I'm going to grind them on it the whole year, even if it mentally drains them when the tournament comes. I'm not going to play players if I don't think they earn playing time in practice. So if that means I'm going to play my starting point guard the entire game of a 16-point loss, so be it. And I don't care if they're tired in, in the NCAA tournament. I need to teach these other kids a lesson. It's more important to teach his guys a lesson than it is to win in the NCAA tournament. That's how Rick Barnes has always been. I told you guys last year, Rick Barnes was the coach from Hoosiers. Gene Hackman's character from Hoosiers. If Which you guys remember that, Hoosiers, by the way, it is the stupidest movie of all time. Right. It is a. It, there is no way that style. Four passes before you take any shot. You know how dumb of an offensive strategy that would be in real life, Dave. Not smart. Yes. So Rick, there's a moment in Hoosiers where the guy keeps hitting every shot. Gene Hackman didn't like it because he wasn't doing the four passes, so he brought him to the bench. His team got in foul trouble, so he only had four players, and he decided, I'm not going to put this guy back in. Cause I need to teach him a lesson. So I'm going to play out there with four players. Well, that's dumb. That's stupid. Okay. And that's how Rick Barnes lives by. He says, I'm going to, I prefer teaching lessons to winning games. I guess that's admirable. I guess you could say that counts for something. It will develop the players, but it won't win you a championship. It just won't. And I think that maybe just maybe he's changed a little bit. He does adjust. You know, you bring up Kevin Durant. I don't think he has a philosophy where he says every player should do this or that. He adjusts and adapts. And that's where he's also similar to David Cutcliffe, as you know, as well as I do. I mean, that's one of the greatest adjustments a coach ever made, right? Going from Peyton Manning to T. Martin. And I mean, that's probably one of the most impressive adjustments ever. For a yeah. And he took a lot of heat in the locker room for it as well. Um, yeah. Took a lot of heat. He changed the playbook and it was brilliant. And I think that Rick Barnes can do that with his players, but he still lives and dies by a philosophy of teaching his players. And he's so committed to teaching and teaching lessons that it actually ends up costly in terms of wins and losses in March. And so I don't get the whole, again, and that was so, you, I, I'm sorry. That was so obviously a leak from Rick Barnes, what Mark Pankrat said about Freddie DeLeon and Cameron Carr. That was so blatantly obvious that Barnes leaked that. Because where do you get that information from? Yep, I thought so too.